All right. Hey, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Direct Input Podcast. Today is September 15th in the year 2016, and we are at Rock, <laughs> Ralph's Rock Diner. You've had a long night. I've had a long night. We won't get into it, but you've had a long night. No. It's quite the fucking detour. Uh, regardless, yeah, we're here in Worcester. You can load in your gear, guy. Just, yeah, you no know, worries. We're, we're, it's some sort of a fucking broadcast. You're going to be live at the load-in. <laughs> He's going to be like the Kramer. He just shows up randomly in the middle of the episode. Seriously. Yeah. Today we are joined by the one and only incomparable Dr. Stephanie Robinson. How are you today, Dave? I'm good. I'm good. Hanging in. Fucking thanks for being here. Holy shit. Well, thanks for asking me. Well, you know, you're a fucking interesting person. You're very busy. Perpetually, yeah. You're fucking motivated as a motherfucker. Perpetually, yeah. Fucking right. Yeah. 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 What's your deal, though? What's your name? What's your story? You fucking like uh, <laughs> y- you're not from New England originally, right? Oh hell no. Was this what Ohio? Oh, yeah, I'm from Ohio originally. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean to sound like disparaging about New England because New England's pretty fucking awesome. But yeah, 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 originally from the Midwest, Bible Belt. Yeah. You know, I'm someone my grandmother would be really proud of today. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> and I lived out in Southern California for about 15 years before I moved here. So really, yeah. Growing up in Ohio pretty much inspired you to get the fuck out of Ohio? You know, I got out when I was 16 um, and went to L.A. because that was about as far as I could get within mm. the continental United States and just, you know, to the be as far as... polar opposite of yeah, Ohio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, polar opposite. <laughs> like, total quintessential small-town girl from the farm, you know, serious country bumpkin in yeah. L.A. when I was 16. And, yeah... Your parents very understanding of everything that occurred? No, 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 no. I actually went to college real young. I never graduated technically from high school. So, I mean, I think I did. I don't know. They gave me a diploma at some point, but I like never finished my coursework. It was really weird. But you got the ended paperwork. Up, yeah, I went, to, I went to USC in 94 when I was 16 and uh, got busted my first night. Yeah. Yep. For busting out a window and dancing on a balcony. And, you know, it was the quintessential, you know, like... Christian girl from Ohio all of a sudden in LA just tearing shit up and I don't know how I got through college but I did somehow so yeah how long did you stay in college for uh well 11 years so I mean I I did three degrees in in 11 years so yeah went straight through so, so you got the PhD? Yeah, I went all the way through and got a PhD. No shit. Doctorate yeah. of uh, what type of science is this? It's a, uh, well, what's hilarious is my bachelor's is a BM, which I always think is great since I'm like the queen of like poop humor. So I have a BM, right. an MM, a master of music, and then a PhD. And they're all in music composition. No so, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. You've, been, you've been teaching out in California? I was actually the head of a community college training program in music technology. So I'm a certified Pro Tools expert. Did a lot of studio work when I was younger. And so I trained in a vocational program for like young dudes that wanted to be like studio engineers. So in a community college. So I did that for a long time at San Diego City College in San Diego. Um, I still teach online classes for them, which is like super glamorous because I'm usually telling people they need to start, you know, a sentence with a capital letter and end with a period. (laughs) Um, And they pay me good money for it. So, you know, that's and it's cool and I can work in my underwear. And 2016, too, you can work. Yeah. Yeah. For San Diego University. That's really cool. 
It's, it's pretty awesome, yeah. And, I mean, I've been on the road and toured while I've been teaching the online classes, which I think is pretty hilarious. So. How many bands you played with at this point in time? You know, honestly, not many original bands because I'm such, like, a music whore because I come from, like, the working musician background that, like, if it didn't fucking pay, I wasn't going to do it. So I actually played in tribute bands for a really long time out west. That was my main gig. And I didn't start playing in original bands until probably, like, seven or eight years ago. Okay. So, But I've been in quite a few tribute bands and cover bands and top 40 bands and uh yeah 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 all the glamour living I mean, the dream yeah when you're doing those fucking type of sets though what's that average night like are you talking like fucking four hours on stage and shit yeah three or four hours on stage three or four sets so you gotta know like and like several different like 45 to 55 minute sets and you get a few minute break and go right back out and do it again help me understand so a cover band covers many songs from different bands but a tribute band is just one yeah 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 band right okay oh, i just yeah, want to make yeah. sure i was on the right yeah right angle with that who okay you, yeah who are you paying tribute to out there um i've done dio so i've been in a dio tribute Sick. before which was pretty pretty rad um i had one band that was probably the one that we played in the most we played a lot in la and orange county and san diego like all throughout southern california and that was called metal priestess so it wasn't like specifically a tribute to one band but I was Roberta Halford so I shaved my head and uh, had a leather outfit and came out and you know the riding crop and sang a bunch of priest tunes and stuff like that but a bunch of other stuff too you know like Accept and all the classic classic shit I did Riot I mean so I threw in yeah 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 threw in some of the more like legit underground stuff in combination with like the hits you know so it was it was a lot of fun We've seen you here. I don't know if you were here for that, Brian. The bass Sabbath last Halloween. She was singing for bass Sabbath. Of course. Three yeah. fucking bass guitars. Fucking, fucking wild. You were fucking phenomenal. With my fringe. Well, yeah, super fringe. With Golden all the fringe. fringe Gold fringe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. But that was uh, Aussie era only. Fucking. Aussie only, yeah. But you've done the Dio shit. I mean, you have oh, yeah. Dio's range and you can do a fucking. You know. Yeah, Dio's actually a lot easier for me than Aussie because with the vibrato, it's easier for me as an ex opera singer. So ex-classical vocalist, it's a lot easier for me to do, like, the vibrato versus the straight tone of Ozzy. Yeah. Ozzy's fucking hard. It's just, like, you got to nail it right on, nasal, it's got to be placed just right, you know? So that was actually a real challenge for me. It takes a lot more control. So we well, say ex-opera singer, though. Yeah. You, like, in the fucking sympathy? Fucking, uh, yeah, you I've done a lot of symphony gigs and all that kind of stuff, yeah. Really? Yeah. You mm-hmm. get up there with the costume and your fucking Figaro and all that shit? <laughs> fucking, like, get I'm more it, like, I, I'm more like a chorus-level type person, not, you know, the diva, you know, with, okay. the, with the corset on or anything like that, <laughs> but, you know. Right. And you're never going to catch me in a corset because I'm just, like, too much one of the guys to do that, yeah. so it's just never going to happen. No, that's all good. Fucking, you know. Yeah, I'm not into the girly metal stuff at all, so. Do you yeah. think there's a market for a touring tribute band? Like, yes. you know how each of the area, like, New England will have a maiden band. Look at that like, fucking Mac Sabbath fucking band. Fucking yeah. Australian Pink Floyd. That's true. They got the, I mean, they got the copyright and all that bullshit. There's uh, also the midget tribute bands now. Oh, the Kiss? Yeah, Mini Kiss. Mini Kiss, There's Mini Kiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think the, uh, that it's exploitation of the midget race <laughs> to be fucking, like... <laughs> To really, That's you know, <laughs> just point and laugh by that sort of thing? You know... Or is that what they're here for? You know what? Comment? I think whatever gig you need to work, if you're a musician, then you just... You do it, you know? because I, I come from the... You know, I come from the working musician background. I was a church organist. I mean, seriously. Somebody... People hired me to play for their funerals. And I'm not that respectful. So, you know, 
It's what an do you mean you're not respectful? Like, you're not going to fucking cry or some shit? Well, I mean, I used to work in Mr. Crowley and organ voluntaries before mass. You know? Really? I totally did. That's tight. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So, like... During the that, prayers for the people. Yeah. So, you know? was that part of the thing, though, in Ohio? Like, you're up there fucking hitting the pipes, fucking little fucking Mr. Crowley and fucking... I didn't do that until after I moved to San Diego, but... Okay. Yeah. Faked my way into an organist gig, even though I didn't really play the organ. Just lied and said that I did because I needed the money, so whatever. I figured I'd learn how to play, and I did. Working yeah. musician. Yeah. So, yeah, working musician. I was like, oh, how much did that pay? Okay. I think I can do that. So, yeah. So you come out here. How long have you been in Massachusetts? About five years. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, I think the first time I met you was playing with uh, Shroud of Bereavement. Yes. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Seen yeah. that band fucking God. Like 15 years now. I mean, I haven't seen Dan in a minute. I hope he's all right. I don't know if he's all fucking lovesick with his girl there, but you know. No idea. It's yeah. been about three years. Yeah. Yeah. Since I played with them. Yeah. What are they on hiatus? Oh, it's a tough band to be in, Brian. It's, it's, uh, I mean, it's funeral doom. It's, it's operatic. And then, like, they'd be showing up playing fucking Casey's Tap with us in Pawtucket, fucking with, like, eight other black metal bands. Nobody really, uh, kind of appreciated them. I'll tell you who, like, I remember Cryptopsy fucking played up at the bomb shelter back in the day. Oh, my God. Shroud's up there fucking playing. Oh, I heard about that story. Oh, yeah. Lord Worm came right up (laughs) to us and goes, is anybody going to be fucking awake when we play? Like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) It was kind of a knock, but it was more or less, it was like, why you guys, like, main support for fucking Cryptopsy and, you know, pay to play, obviously. You know, it's, it's all that bullshit. But you got the pipes. I mean, I've seen them with every fucking broad I think they had with, with that band. And uh, you're definitely the functioning one with the keyboard and oh, the fucking well. operaticness and all that, you know. Well, thank you. I, I replaced, I believe, like three people in that band. So mm. they had a keyboard player, they had a piano piano player, and they had female lead vocals. So I right. took over all three because I played like stacked right. stacked synths and the piano parts and, and the lead vocals. So I did it for about a year and a half, which in the equivalent of like Doom Land is about, you know. Yeah. 17 years Yeah exactly Something like that Were there a lot of Band members in Shroud Because I, I had a lot of beers When I, I saw them I remember seeing at, at fucking O'Brien's bro It was like 12 of them On okay. that little Old O'Brien stand <laughs> We're a three piece And we can barely fit On that stage Never mind oh, Never right. mind Shroud Yeah I mean in, I mean, what's touring like With that I mean you fucking In a goddamn van It ain't like you're Spreading out or nothing Fucking you did uh, Who'd you play with Keen the Crow or something Amorgian What was that tour We The tour I did with them Was with Lycanthia From Australia um, so we just did like a mini West Coast thing. So yeah. up and down the West Coast and ended up in Denver for the Den- Denver Doomfest a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And that was headlined by Evoken, which, of course, I feel like total fangirled out and acted like a complete ass and scared them because I was like, oh, my God, I love you guys. You know, like funeral doom. And I'm like, like, who doesn't appreciate that, though? You exactly. Know? Well, you know, yeah, it was pretty fun. No, yeah. but that was the last look. Well, actually, no, I seen you play with... Uh, a fucking seven day curse which is another fucking yep. like famous band for me i mean like i've known them guys for some years now but uh yeah those guys are rad but fucking i think they have uh, they hanging up again or some shit i'm not entirely sure what's going on um because i was you know a new addition to the group and i had laid down a bunch of keyboard tracks for the new album so as far as i know there's still material for the new album floating out around there um so yeah i'm not once they give me the call, you know, I'm happy to finish everything for them. So, yeah. Hey, really, fellas, really good guys. Hey, yeah. Fellas, you out there listening, I hope you get your, uh, you stay with it because you're a great band. And uh, I felt bad for you. I was at that fucking, that Providence show. Oh, and it I does? felt bad for you yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it happens. Sometimes you go on at one o'clock in the morning in front of nobody. That's not that bad. It's like, 
when I've played in Vegas, like when I played in Vegas with Shroud, I think we went on it with Shroud Abreement. I think we went on at like two or two thirty <laughs> in Vegas, and that's just that's just fucking brutal to go on like that. So especially for an old lady like me, that you know. Jesus Christ. I'm old. Even Vegas, too, for that matter. I'm sure it's a late town. But you know, there's, it's a total late town because there's no last call. Yeah. You know? so, and we weren't even... Because we switched off the headlining on that, on that tour with Lycanthia. So we didn't even play the last set. They went after us and went on at like 3.30 in the morning or something crazy like that. But that's Vegas. You, know? you never know in Vegas. Well, so. fucking, I, I'm not a fan of the, of the fucking Vegas. I think that shit's played the fuck out. I don't know. I don't like the people there. I mean, the, the locals are great. But uh, you don't like the people, <laughs> the <laughs> tourists. The situation itself, though, we're talking buffets, we're talking drinks, gambling. I like gambling on sports. On paper, summer I can't gamble on baseball. You know, like well, okay. tennis well, and soccer. You know. All right. Well, you're screwed for two months of the year, but the rest of the year you're golden. Yeah. Right. So you just don't like the people there. Yeah, the people. I don't like table game. I like, I, I like gambling like a man. I like calculating risk and putting it on the sports <laughs> book. Hey, scratch ticket fucking losers. You Your know, Vegas like audience just clipped. They're like, you know what? They're out of here. We are with you. Oh, Shit's Kogan over. Vegas. <laughs> 16 episodes or whatever. We're done. Right? <laughs> just Las Vegas. You played in this hot shot band, though. Fucking Hellsot. Yep. I'm still in Hellsot. Yes. All right. Yep, yep. I mean, yep. what's, I mean, did the Pagan Fest and all this shit? Uh, what, what was it? Well, Pagan Fest America, I don't believe, is going on anymore. So they did that tour... It was, it was a Rock the Nation tour, and it went on for, like, I want to say, like, four or five years. I'd have to fact check on that for you. But it was a bunch of, you know, mostly European pagan metal bands. And then we were on it in, what year was that? 2013. So Hellsot's from Southern California. So they're technically from Menifee, which is, like, way out in the middle of nowhere. Um, yeah, it's pretty awesome. And I've known those guys for a long time because they actually, when they were getting started, they used to open for my tribute band. So that's how I know them. Um, and, you know, they sounded like they were really into symphonic metal. And I was like, hey, guys, I love your music. If you ever want me to lay down some tracks for you, just let me know. And this is like, I don't know, six years ago, seven years ago, something like that. And the singer, Eric, who's now a really close friend of mine, he contacted me. He's like, yeah, why don't you do it? Make some backing tracks. So I was like, all right, you know, that'd be sweet. So and then I ended up just getting more involved, flew out, did a few shows with them, you know, couple LA gigs that sort of thing which was not for the faint of heart because it was like you know one rehearsal then jump on stage at the key club on the strip you know um so the working musician background like benefited me there uh but yeah I did the tour with them in 2013 it was headlined by Ensiferum um so yeah that was that was a really really cool tour so we've got a lot of stuff going on new EP coming out Indiegogo campaign that just launched uh was it yesterday or the day before actually so yeah We'll label you guys on? <laughs> We're not on a label. Dropped. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. get dropped. No, we've never been on a label. Oh, all right. Yeah. All right. Indiegogo is going to be a label at some point. Yeah, it should be, right? right? The We're on We're on Indiegogo <laughs> instead of Kickstarter. <laughs> I'm on GoFundMe. We were going to go to GoFundMe, but the offer wasn't that good. Exactly. You know? So you've just been hustling with this fucking symphonic band, fucking making a name for yourself, and, you know? Yeah, I've been kind of like a session member and going to be more of a full-time member coming up here with this next EP and if there are mm. you know I'm sure there's going to be stuff in the works so yeah all right all yeah right. yeah yeah they they're good at hustling so yeah what happened with you going over to uh fucking Romania by the way like <laughs> you had like an opera you wrote an opera or a play or something I wrote a musical actually that was like kind of like a prog metal musical 
Um, yeah. Curious. Yeah, it was pretty pretty <laughs> awesome. I worked on it for eleven years. Got it premiered by the Hungarian Theater of Cluj, which is a you know one of their national theater companies. And I know it's the Hungarian theater, but it's in Romania. Yeah, yeah. In Transylvania, because Cluj Napolka. Yeah, it yeah. used to be part of Hungary, right, yeah, before yeah. World War II. So the theater had been there since the 1790s. So, um, yeah, and a weird twist of events. My musical that I worked on starting, you know, what, 2002, 2003, got picks up, gets picked up by this theater company. So I flew out there for a workshop 2011. They did a full production 2014. And I made $4 in really? royalties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's living the dream. So National Theater Company four bucks <laughs> that's like 500 million plays on spotify that's pretty good right? exactly right Not bad. Take exactly <laughs> but it, you know it's a lot of fun the whole pretense of the show the whole uh, premise of the show i should say is uh, it's a reversal of goethe's faust so instead of somebody selling their soul to the devil they sell their soul to god and it's not exactly what they bargained for and Satan's the hero, so it's it's pretty awesome. So yeah, role reversal, I like that. Yeah, no cutting. What what makes a musical a musical though? Why is that a musical, and not an opera or a show tune? It's kind of like it's the style of it, plus the fact like a musical is always going to have talking between the songs. So you know, it's like totally realistic. You know, everybody's having this conversation, then all of a sudden somebody just breaks out into. Da, 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 you know something like that um, so that's musical theater and then opera is even more realistic because everybody's just like Whoa! the whole time yeah and there's okay. no talking so you got a live band and all that yeah there was a live band yep did, did they translate the fucking play over into Romanian it was bizarre so the book which is the the talking parts the spoken parts they call that the book in musical theater the book was in Hungarian but they had super titles projected into English, Romanian, and I think German or something like that. Like three different languages. So there were super titles projected. And then the songs were all in English. And then they projected the super titles into Hungarian, Romanian, and German for that. It was so weird. Jesus Kraut. It My was God. so weird. Yeah. And uh, the whole experience there is weird too. Like when you're teching a show and you're in the final rehearsals... Like, you're in this huge theater, and all the directors are smoking inside. Oh, wow. There's no union stuff like there is here in the States, so it's just, like, all hours of the day and the night, and the guy that picks you up at the train station is also, you know, running the flies backstage and doing the rigging. So, yeah, it's, like, totally Weird. different than the U.S., because I've worked a lot in theater here in the United States, but... And that's all, like, union houses, so everything's, like, you take a break, and you get five minutes, you get a half an hour. Out there, it's just, like, you just go for hours, everybody's smoking, everybody's drinking beer, there's a bar. Like, actually, there were two bars in that theater, one upstairs, one downstairs, so, like, if you couldn't make it upstairs, you could just stay downstairs. So, yeah. Fucking beautiful city. I had the pleasure of playing uh, Transylvanian Death Fest. Nice. Fucking in Kalush Napoca. <laughs> yeah, Kalush like is it, awesome. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Fucking a little rundown, a little, you know, some dusty back roads on the way there, but fucking, we loved it, you know? Yeah, Kalush rules. Totally uh, concur about the smoking indoors. Yeah, right? Yeah, they got that whole bomb shelter, like, early yep. Beatles footage type fucking club that you're playing in with the act fucking brick ceilings and there's no Amazing. ventilation, you know? But yeah, we had a five, five-year-old stage surf for that night, if I fucking remember correctly. Millennium did at least. That's fucking awesome. diehards out there. I think you're the only other person I've met that's actually been to Cluj. 
Cluj Napoca. Look it up, folks. Yeah. Fuck, and it's yeah. uh, quite the place to go. In my head, I just saw this five. You said a five-year-old stage diver. Is that what you said? Yeah, guy. Yeah. In a in a smoke-filled bar. Yeah. And that's all I picture right now. It's, it's Romania. Kid. He's got it's like Romania. lung disease by like he's nine. Hey, strong like bull. Fucking like, like bull. <laughs> Life sucks, then you die. What doesn't kill you? You know, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Very Nietzsche-ish. Yes, absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Now, fucking, you come back home, and you're living out in, like, Amherst? I was. But you were. Yeah. But uh, you soon feel some sort of inspiration to become a tattoo artist. Is this something that you fucking was were doing in California, practicing yeah. on the side? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been tattooing now for, like, probably about eight years, something like that. So I did, like, the legit apprenticeship. So that lasted for quite a while. So I apprenticed under an artist. What do you that, mean a legit? Like, like I mean? actually did an apprenticeship. I didn't just Not learn in my house. Yeah. You know, I actually like paid a shit ton of money to a respected artist, learned the trade. Um, so I apprenticed at Avalon Tattoo in San Diego and followed my artist around. His name was Steve Mast. Well, his name is Steve Mast. We're still good friends. Really awesome guy. Um, he's like an older brother to me. So... Um, but yeah, I wanted to get into tattooing because, you know, I, at the time, my ex-husband was an academic and I knew he was going to get a job somewhere where I didn't want to be, most likely, because uh, there's just not that many academic jobs. And I was like, you know, metal's not really going to pay the bills, most likely, so I need another job skill. So that was how I got into tattooing. And I love tattooing and I had a lot of tattoos, so, which I kept covered at work. Like, none of my students knew I had any tattoos. So, yeah. which it's is interesting. It's hilarious. A, yeah. It's a global job. Like anywhere in the world, you can take that with you. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's, I think it's one of the greatest things I ever did for myself was investing that money in my apprenticeship because it's, it's guaranteed income. You can work anywhere. Um, if you've got skills, you've got, you know, the craft down, you can always find a job. So yeah, short of having carpal tunnel when you're like 65 yeah, or, or breaking your arm or yeah, other than that though, yeah, but you yeah. get, it's a global job. You can take or it like, anywhere you want. Yeah. Or like when I broke my leg last summer, I had to take a little bit of time off, but yeah. Oh, well, hold on. How'd you break your leg last summer? Do tell <laughs> the theater. I no, I broke my, I broke my tibia when I was uh, trying to run across the United States on foot. That's Jesus bold. Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What made you want to run across the United States? <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> you're a terrible podcast guest, by the I way. Know. You have no stories. Yeah, no stories at all. No, I was. Uh, no, I'm an ultra runner, so I had done like several hundred mile events and all that sort of thing. Ultra it's, runner. Yeah, I'm an like ultra runner. Ultra man from Australia. You fucking whip it around, fucking all the time. No. <laughs> what do you? What's the What's the protocol for being an ultra runner? You gotta do 100 miles minimum over like. Well, well you know, it's it's kind of divided in the ultra world. So technically, it's like. Anything above a marathon is an ultra marathon, but some people will be like, oh, a 50K doesn't count because you're just a pussy if you only run a 50K because that's just like five miles farther than a marathon. So, what a pussy. you know, I, I've wow. done 50Ks, I've done 50 milers, 100K, 100 milers, I've done timed events, that sort of thing. So, um, I'd always wanted to just see the country on foot and I wanted to raise money for Feeding America, which is big charity that provides uh, assistance to food banks across the country because I've been poor myself and know what it's like to live on government cheese. So I decided I'd do this giant fundraiser, take a few months, try to run across the country. And uh, so I made it across all the way across California and Nevada. I ran the entire length of the state of Nevada on US 50, the, the loneliest road in America. Wow. 
And Is that a straight shot, pretty much? Yeah, 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 from Carson City all the way across the border of Utah. And I was 13 miles from the Utah border, and I was running down a mountain. And I was getting really pissed at myself because I was running so slow, so I, like, kind of cranked it up, and then all of a sudden I felt my tibia snap. So, like, but I told myself that it was a cramp and not to be a wimp. Ooh. So I took an Advil and one electrolyte tab, and then I made it to the border of Utah. Yeah. So you ran 13 fucking miles on a broken tibia? Yes. What are you, fucking insane? Yes. What are you, Arnold? You're more manly than most dudes I know. What's the matter with you? <laughs> I do have more, more balls than most men. <laughs> yeah, Arnold's do. done two miles of cardio his whole life, I don't probably. Think I, <laughs> Arnold can't hang with you. You fucking smoke Arnold, I bet. Yeah, I can't bench worth shit, though. So yeah. just, you know, or deadlift, you know, I'm like total pansy when it comes to lifting. So Jesus fucking I'm just Christ. stubborn. I'm just really fucking stubborn, and that's about it. Yeah. What fuck? I don't know. I mean, goddamn. <laughs> I don't even really think stubborn is the word for it. Like stubborn, somebody who does one thing for their whole life. Like you only do tattoos, but it seems like you've been, I don't know, all over the place, different professions. Tattoos, music, running. Yeah, that's about it. Cats, throwing cats. I really like cats. But so yeah, when you come back home, though, you got this broken fucking leg. Right, it's not like a foot. It's a leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, sucked. Yeah, like. You're still tattooing? What were you tattooing? And fucking, was that, uh, was that uh, Oxford or some shit? Yeah, I worked in Oxford for okay. a couple of years there, yeah. And then afterwards you said, Jesus Christ, why don't I just do this on my own and uh, open yeah. up my own shop? Yeah, I'll just open a business. I mean, the downside to this is that you decide to go to Webster. <laughs> <laughs> Webster. No, I mean, this. hey, everybody gets tattooed in Webster, so, you know, what can I yeah, say? There's a lot of tattoos in Webster. There's a lot of <laughs> tattoos in Webster, yeah. What's it been like? I mean, we get that, but... Like their audience well, they Webster, has no idea Webster for all you <laughs> listeners out there in podcast <laughs> land is uh, this a, is what a, I'm here for <laughs> a little town city is it a city nowadays I don't know what it is but uh, it's a blip it's on a, a map it's, yeah. it's, it's a tri-state town it's Massachusetts Connecticut and fucking Rhode Island borders all there but it's a Massachusetts town and if you look at the map you will see a large lake with an even larger fucking name that is native. It's 50 fucking letters long. I can't fucking say it. It's like... I can't even attempt fucking, to. Fucking... I'm not even going to go there and, and be sacrilegious and attempt to say it. <laughs> but fucking... It's a long fucking lake. 50 fucking miles long let word or whatever. Exactly. You look it up. But your shop's in there. And right. I got to tell you, the other listeners at home too, a lot of uh, high concentration of uh, sexual offenders in this town. Apparently the highest in the state from what yeah. I've heard, you know. So it's good to have a claim to fame, I suppose. You know, uh, yeah, you know, a certain amount of uh, drug use. I mean, you must have had a few interesting uh, encounters as a tattoo artist in this uh, community, I assume. You know, to be perfectly honest with you, you know, it's kind of run of the mill there um, in terms of weirdness level. Although I did have somebody call the shop last week and leave a message calling me a dirty home wrecking whore. I have no idea who oh, this nice. was. So if they're listening, please tell me who you are because I swear to God, I'm not sleeping with your husband. So at least it was leave like, a name, you know, like they who? didn't leave a name. It was this woman called. She's like, Oh, I've got five kids and he's pregnant with, I'm pregnant with his sixth and you dirty her home wrecking whore, yeah. Steph Sparrow. Cause Baker's I go by husband. Sparrow in tattoo world. And, uh, yeah, I was like, I have no idea who the hell this is. So that's kind of like normal weirdness. But in my experience, the weirdest people are the ones that look the most normal and have the nice houses in Connecticut. Those are the weirdest people that I've tattooed. Really? Yeah. Why? Because they're so plain Jane and vanilla and shit? They're like out of their minds. You know, I mean, I had a couple 
probably my most famous story, and I don't know how graphic I can get on this, but probably the worst experience I ever had tattooing was actually in Oxford with a couple that were in their 60s that came up from Connecticut to get the wife tattooed on her... Of course. The danger zone. Yeah, in the danger zone. So, yeah, 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 yeah. In her 60s, and... She first was tattoo? First tattoo, and uh, yeah, I felt like I had... Yeah, it was, it was bad. I felt cheap. I made 32 bucks on that tattoo and a $10 tip, and I felt like a cheap hooker. It was terrible. Well, maybe, was it like a midlife crisis deal? Like, hey, I... She was beyond midlife. Oh, okay. She was, she was beyond midlife. They're good there, Josh. Yeah, yeah. Background yeah, yeah. noise is not too, it's not too loud. You're yeah, good. I huh? think she was you about... You keep looking over there. Yeah, I'm fucking distracted. I you think she was about 65. So maybe it was a panic. Like, uh, oh, shit, I don't have any ink. Like, no, she had a lot of other work done, is all I can say. Okay. What do you um, mean, like tits and shit? No, like piercings oh. everywhere. But this was like the couple that looked the absolute most normal. Like yeah. the couple that would be grandma and grandpa, that would go to the PTA meetings, drove the SUV, had rescue dogs. Oh, my God. You know? And I'm like, coming from the metal world, I'm like, whatever. I'm just like open about everything. But it's like you see these people that are like buttoned up to the gills you know living in their perfect house with their perfect car and they're like oh no one knows us here i just yeah those are the most like crazy people to me those are the people that actually scare me the most the ones that look the most normal because the ones that are like you know whatever they're kind of like off their rockers they're assholes or whatever you just call the cops but people like that they look normal and everybody thinks they're normal so they're actually more insidious i'm sure you got plenty of fucking foot traffic just off the street that Gazes at flash work and fucking, uh, how much is this going for? You know, all that bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do. We That's do. We get a fair amount of that. And yeah. yeah Brian, get you got to get a tattoo. I, uh, I want one, but I don't know what. This is the girl right here. What's the name of the studio down at? It's called Witch Doctor Tattoo Studio. Webster. Webster. Oh, Becky Webster. always goes to your place, right? Yes. You yeah. don't want a Becky's work. Did you do the, um, well, she has like a Sonata Arctic one, I think. Yeah. I did not do her sleeve, no. Okay, I don't know if, if that was yeah. you or, or what, but she does highly recommend your shop. So yep. Right on. Yep. It's, it's not a matter of not wanting one. It's a matter of what do I get, you know? Okay. So I can see you get a nice little macho man silhouette on your face. It's going to be pro wrestling, definitely. Hell yeah. Probably a Vince McMahon covered in blood. Nice. <laughs> like, there's a picture of Vince. He, uh, I gotta find an artist who'll do it, but uh, he's like completely covered in blood, absolutely juiced. And I think that'd be cool in the back of my really? uh, back of my leg there. Be, be kind of horror themed, but uh, not really. I think right cool. I've been thinking about it. This ain't about me though. <laughs> um, you're recently divorced. I am, lady. I am happily traumatic at first. Yeah, shocking fucking exhilarating now exhilarating never been happier yeah never been happier like bye bye <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you gonna tell uh people out there going through this right now a, a lady in your situation a young girl in, in in your shoes well young almost 39 i don't know how young i am but i feel pretty fabulous and all i can say is hmm take back your power don't take any shit from anybody and uh, give no fucks. I mean, that's like about all I can tell anybody is just you have to give zero fucks because the, the crazy stuff that went down with my divorce, nobody believed me. Um, everybody thought he was perfect, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the circumstance was like complete, like lifetime movie <laughs> crap. 
and I got spun as the crazy person and here I am today and I'm totally fine. I just got a new auto loan today. You know, like <laughs> my credit score jumped 100 points. I'm like, ladies, you don't need him. This is what it's all about right now. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I know this is the really <laughs> sexy stuff. Yeah, I got 2.79 interest on my auto refi today. So very proud of myself. This doesn't sound like exhilaration. This sounds like feminism to me. <laughs> is, is, is this going to threaten every American household? Having a woman that's empowered like you, fucking sticking up for herself, fucking taking charge of her life? No, I think we can all peacefully coexist. Okay. You know? Yeah, I, you know, it's funny, like, taking care of yourself is a little bit different than being pissed off and angry at every man in the world. I love men. I love men. Really? So, yeah, of course I do. I think men kind of, I think a bunch of douchebags, to be honest. <laughs> I'm surprised. His male body's yourself. very ugly. Fucking penis, not that pretty. <laughs> fucking like, look at that bulbous Speak fucking mess, you know? <laughs> I get a nice package, but it's not like I go around and be like, wait that guy's fucking, girls check each other out and go, look at that girl's body. Woman's body sculpture. Very, very beautiful fucking sculpture. Woman's body. <laughs> Came from Venus, by the way. Fucking imported from Venus. Josh, but, you know, you, <laughs> frankly, I, I don't know why you think that guys are fucking pretty. You know, I mean, you know, I, I, I think most of us are fucking shitty fucking people, you know. I'm a class act, Brian. You can trust us. There's but, shitty know. guys and there's shitty girls. So, I mean, there's just shitty people. Yeah, that's true. Either sex, I think it's probably the same proportion, either one. And there's really awesome people out there, too, both. So, you know, I'm not going to waste my time being pissed off unilaterally at, you know, one yeah. particular gender. Life so. goes on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the future's wide, fucking open, blue wide skies. Wide open. Blue skies. Just yep. like the Willie Nelson song. Exactly. Nothing but blue skies. <laughs> I don't know. Was that Ray Charles? Who was that? Actually, Irving Berlin. What? Yeah. Right. <laughs> you hit the note, the though. That was good. That was good. fucking taking me to school right now. <laughs> Josh, if we had a studio, I'd do a drop out of what you just said. I got a nice package. <laughs> <laughs> that would definitely be a good drop. You know, I'm probably going to sample that. <laughs> Somebody will take it. What's going on, though? Where, where are you going to be next year? What's the future? I kind of want to wrap this up. We got yeah. bands breaking down everywhere. They want to get to work. And, uh, Been there, done that. Are, you know? um, moving back to the L.A. area sometime this winter. Not sure when. So, What's bringing you to L.A.? What is that? Sunshine? Your summer home. Yeah, it's always been home to me. So I went to college there in the 90s, and I've always wanted to go back. So I loved San Diego. I was there for 11 years, but L.A. is home. And I got friends out there, closer to my band, um, more work opportunities, work, more music, okay. studio opportunities, more, you know, just, it's my city. I miss it. Is, so Is California love a real thing? Is what? Is California love a real thing? Is it for real? <laughs> well, I love California, so I guess it is. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. I've missed it ever since I left. So, yeah. I'll go back this winter. And I have no idea what the hell I'm going to do for my full-time kind of gig out there. I'm looking for work right now and yeah. going out there about once a month right now and looking for a place to live and looking for a job and still teaching online classes. So I can work anywhere. Good. Yeah. And also, uh, real quick, you were kind enough to be the producer of Miss Jackie's. Yes podcast yes uh-huh. glamour smash face yes it's like the only fucking you're the me on that show she's the producer uh-huh. it's all her okay equipment. yeah yeah okay and i was at her place getting pampered pampered check that out on the uh glamour smash face uh facebook page is yep is where it's at i listened to first that. episodes up i get pampered i get a pedicure brian i listened to the whole thing did you and uh i was i don't know i was doing some other work and i had it on the background and uh 
<laughs> it, it's weird. I'm torn. Uh, <laughs> part of me says go video, go video right away. The other part of me says don't. Stick, give people that imagination. Let them see. I wouldn't even put a picture out. Let them, right? kind of like a book, let them feel it out and say, oh, I wonder, what, wonder how Josh is sitting right now, how he's, he's getting like a bubble bath on his feet or something, uh, right? Sticking my feet in a crock pot of wax, bro. <laughs> Fucking like... <laughs> It's kind of like if, if you cauldron. If you do the video, you kind of just you give away the imagination. It's like right. a, you know the movie versus the book. I think uh, maybe stick stay the course. Yeah, but it sounded really good. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, I was curled up in a corner, trying not to pee my pants. Yeah. <laughs> so I was laughing so hard. Girls so, loved it. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty fantastic. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but you'll be moving back uh, to Cali. You're going to be doing Hellsaw. Hellsaw for sure. Um, my goal is actually, and I was just talking about this with some friends last night, I really want to start a Merciful Fate tribute out there. Oh. Yeah. Cha-ching. Yeah, because I, I want to be King Diamond, and I want to call it Nuns Have No Fun. That's what I think I want to call it, because I think that would be pretty fantastic. And Why? I don't know if I want to do an all-girl thing, or I have a friend that's the, the singer, well more of an acquaintance that I, I used to play some shows with. That's the singer for Allison Chains, the all-female tribute to Alice in Chains. Yeah, she's pretty fantastic. And so kind of want to pick her brain about what female musicians are out there, see if I can get a Merciful Fate thing going, because I do a good King Diamond. So, yeah. Right on. You got the Twitter, Facebook, anything like that where people can follow you at? You want I'm, them following you? I'm like fucking Alcatraz on, t- right. <laughs> on Facebook, but they can find these. If people search for tattoos by Steph Sparrow on Facebook, they'll find my tattoo page and they can always reach me through that. So That's Steph with a PH? PH, yeah. And Sparrow like the bird that eats motherfuckers. Like the bird that eats motherfuckers. All right. Yep. All right. Dr. Stephanie Robinson. That's me. Thanks for coming by today. Thank and you. And tonight. Fucking thrilled to have you here. Yeah. All the best to you, my friends. Thanks. Cheers.